What up, what up, what up, though? And welcome back to the Black Fridays podcast. It's your favorite host, Denzel Turner, back on the mic. And happy new year to you all. Can't forget that. This will be the first episode dropping in 2023. And I'm very excited for what the year brings, not only for me, but you as well, and all of my guests who have been previously on the show and those who are slated to be up next. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into what we got going on today. Now, myself, I'm not really a, a jewelry person. I wear a couple of pieces here and there, but not really my thing. But I was able to find a gem of a business that I came across called Your Personal Jeweler. And Patricia, who is the owner, goes by Trish, is well-versed generational jeweler. So she's third generation jeweler, and she's taken her many years of knowledge and giving customers amazing customized experiences. She helped me out for a huge life moment uh, in my life. So I hope that you all get a chance to work with her in the near future, and maybe she can do the same for you. So without further ado, I want you all to take a listen. Uh, Shout out to Trish once again uh, for allowing us to utilize her space for this interview, and looking forward to you all being able to hear the dope conversation that we had. So run my intro. I always have people experiment with things that they normally wouldn't wear to see how it makes them feel. My number one question when people try on jewelry isn't, do you like it? Does it look pretty? It's, well, how does it make you feel? Because there's a lot of things that you might look at and see it as pretty, but when you put it on yourself, you're like, okay, it's pretty, but it's just not 100% you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Black Fridays. I'm sitting here with none other than Trish, a.k.a. your personal jeweler, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Of course, of course. Thank you for participating. And real quick, as we start the intro, I want to know a little bit more about yourself and how did you actually become people's personal jeweler? Okay, um, that's a loaded question. (laughs) I'm a third-generation jeweler, but when people hear third-generation jeweler, they assume like... The store was passed on to me by family, um, but I actually had no intention of being anywhere in the jewelry industry. Um, as a kid, I grew up at my grandfather's jewelry store. I loved the diamonds and the jewels, but had no real understanding of the actual value of it. Um, fast forward to college, I had every intention of being a wedding planner. I was working part-time at a jewelry store for an owner who had MS, so I started getting more and more responsibilities than I got in engaged myself, planned my own wedding, got married, hated the planning process, <laughs> and I was really lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew that I loved the wedding industry. I loved love. Um, and working at the jewelry store, I knew that I was still really in love with jewelry, but I didn't really know where to go. My grandfather had closed his jewelry store the year that I got married. So having like a legacy store was not um, in the books for me. And then my husband was like, you're doing all this hard work for someone else. Why can't you do it for yourself? And that was like my aha moment. 
And I was like, okay, well, let me combine my passion for the wedding industry with my passion for jewelry and do custom engagement rings and wedding bands. Um, And so I started off selling jewelry to like my friends and family out of my house. (laughs) We converted one of our spare bedrooms into my design studio, got some showcases from Sears when they went out of business. Those showcases (laughs) are right there. (laughs) Um, And the rest is history. I've been in this building for the past three years um, with an office suite and then I moved downstairs to this retail location at the end of December. Congrats, congrats. And um, as far as being people's personal jewelers, you have become my personal jeweler because when I was in need of engagement ring, you came, well, I came to you and then we were able to come up with a really dope custom piece. So definitely appreciate like all the service and the, the work that you put in that because I had no clue as to what I was doing and like your wedding planning background kind of showed because like you knew immediately, obviously this is your, your industry. So you knew immediately like what to do, what was the important things for me to know. And it was very helpful for me to like navigate and be able to, you know, get a very uh, respectable piece that my fiance uh, enjoyed and other people have been complimenting uh, her on as well. So appreciate that. Thanks. I feel like one of the biggest problems in the jewelry industry is how most retailers go about selling. And you see the rings in front of you. They're like, do you like this one? Do you like that one? Mm -hmm. And they're trying to almost give you like a cookie cutter type fit Mm -hmm. instead of really learning the person and learning what's important to them and then trying to decide how to custom make something for them um and yeah shout out to all the jewelers who are custom jewelers (laughs) (laughs) all right so it's time to have some fun freestyle fridays random assortment of questions and they're all about you so you shouldn't get them wrong okay and i only got two rules you answer everyone you answer honestly okay all right cool so uh the first one i'm gonna start with uh, a heavy hitter i want to know what's your favorite piece of jewelry Ooh. So this is tough. I design a new engagement ring for me every single year. (laughs) Um, I'm going to be a little political about this one and say the last one that me and my husband designed together because he hasn't had much input on any of my rings. (laughs) And it was nice to kind of have his input, but also put like my personal spin on it. And I think we created a little bit of magic together. Dope, dope. Love the custom pieces. Now, I know you also like to travel, so uh, what was the last place you visited? Mm. Where did I go last? California. <laughs> Love Cali. Um, I think last year, sometime, we were in California, uh, me and my fiance. So, yeah, definitely uh, love Cali, especially in the winter months. Uh, also, uh, if you had to pick um, between either one of these, which one would you choose? So if your phone can only do one of these functions, text, phone call, or video call, which one are you picking? Text. I'm such a texter. I'm terrible. I have to get better at calling people. Even with my business, I'm like, can I text you? Can I text you? I hate talking to people on the phone. (laughs) Dope. Dope. Uh, What's your favorite part about Michigan? Mm, Up north. I feel like Michigan is so underrated, especially our beaches. We have beautiful beaches in the summertime. If only our winter could be just a little bit shorter. (laughs) Exactly. A little bit less colder. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then last but not least, I would like to know, uh, have you ever had, what's the strangest experience you ever had with a client? So you work with a lot of people doing custom pieces. So I'm sure you have some crazy scenarios just being a a business owner overall. So what's the interesting experience you had with a a client? Mm. 
So not any of my personal clients. When I worked at a jewelry store before, I had a middle-aged woman come in and she said that she needed her ring cleaned and that she hadn't had it cleaned in a long time. Well, she took it off. And the amount of like gunk I was, she clearly hadn't taken it off in at least years. It, it had been years. About 40, 50 years. 40, 50 yeah. years. <laughs> and then as I was going to clean it, we use like an ultrasonic steamer. So it's a lot like high pressure. I cleaned it. And then one of the pieces of gunk flew off and hit me in the face. Wow. And I wanted to vomit in my mouth. It was the <laughs> most <laughs> disgusting thing ever. <laughs> Dope. Well, no, that's not dope, but <laughs> it's dope that you successfully uh, made it through that situation yeah. and passed Freestyle Friday. So shout out to you. I don't uh, offer ring cleaning anymore to people. If you, they come in and ask, I'll clean it, but I'm not like, oh, can I clean your ring? No. Yeah, that, that was the <laughs> unless she got it for me. Right. That was the last, last of uh, of many. So congratulations, to you successfully passed Freestyle Fridays, and uh, wanted to uh, get back into a little bit more about your personal background. So I'm, I'm personally interested in um, as far as like. What's the background into becoming a uh, jeweler? Or um, I know that when we talked, you mentioned uh, being a gemologist, if I said that correctly. So, like, what are, like, the processes to that? So, to be a jeweler, you really don't need any background training, but it helps. (laughs) So, I went to school at the gemological... Gemological. So I went to school at the Gemological Institute of America in California. That's actually why I was there um, last year. And I first got my graduate diamonds diploma from them. And right now I'm a couple classes short of being a graduate gemologist. Um, The background definitely helps when you are dealing with an industry where the stones and the gold and everything that you're dealing with passes through so many people. It's always good to trust but verify and being able to test the stones yourself to make sure that you're buying what you think that you're buying is always good. Got you. And as far as uh, creating a storefront, like what was that process for you when you decided like, hey, I can I can do this on my own and uh, I'm ready to be able to have people come into my store and, and work with me and utilize my services, especially like having a brick and mortar in this digital age. Uh, what kind of made you want to go that route? I almost didn't. I almost went completely digital. It's really just um, happenstance, chance. Um, I got my office space because I finally grew out of helping friends and family, and I knew that I couldn't have just random people walking into my house. So I took a leap of faith and then got the space upstairs, and it was going really well. I had like a five-year plan to stay there. Um, But one day I was walking past the building here, and I was like, this spot would just be perfect for my store. And they had been closed for a little bit over a year for COVID. So I just reached out to the office manager and was like, you know, do they plan on reopening? What's even the rent? Because it might be a little bit too much for me. Um, And she was like, yeah, you know, they are planning on reopening. They reopened for a couple of months. And then mid to end of last year, she reached out and was like, if you're still interested, you know, the owner will give it to you. 
And at that time, my husband was like, you know, we should maybe get rid of the office space and just focus on online because you're getting a lot more clients now where you're making engagement rings for people all over the United States. So you really don't need to be locked in. Um, And when she reached out and said that to me, the rest was history. I was like, no, I can have a storefront (laughs) and expand with my Michigan base because I absolutely love Royal Oak and downtown Royal Oak and everything that it stands for. So being able to be in the heart of downtown and have more people see me because I always joked before that I was like a hidden gem (laughs) because nobody knew that I was upstairs. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't even know this building existed. I've never been in here before. And so, yeah, it's nice to have more exposure. And I think it works out better, especially me speaking from experience and working with you, being able to come in and actually have a conversation, see some things in real time, and then being able to kind of pick and decide on like what would be elements that I might see, especially somebody who doesn't know anything from like a can of paint as far as like jewelry goes or engagement rings and being able to incorporate that into, you know, a custom ring that you would want to be able to get, especially for for the guys that's you definitely want to go that route as far as being able to um, go and get as much information as you can up front so that you can pick uh, the right ring and make sure you talk to your partner as well. That's also key. Um, don't just uh, do it blind. So enough of my soapbox uh, as far as that goes. But I, I think that uh, having a brick and mortar is definitely dope. And uh, you've been able to curate and make this beautiful space. Now that you moved into a new location and you had a grand opening uh, not too long ago um, in December, correct? Yes. So could you talk a little bit about what that was like uh, for you? Because I know you started upstairs and then, you know, kind of been eyeballing the spot downstairs uh, for a while. And now you've been able to develop it and turn it into your own space. I know we talked about it a little bit right before we happened. So I was waiting to, you know, see what the final product was like. And it's beautiful. So just wanted to know, like, what was that grand opening experience like yeah. for you and getting to that point? Thank you. Um, me and my husband did all the renovations ourselves. <laughs> um, and so it was definitely a labor of love. And the grand opening, it went so fast and everything was still like so chaotic. We were literally getting stuff together down to like the minute before before we opened. And so that day, I really didn't have a chance to like sit down and process what we had accomplished. But then that next day when I went into work and was like unlocking the door, I had like that aha moment where I just started to cry and was like, wow, we did this. (laughs) Now I got to make a whole bunch of money to keep it. (laughs) (laughs) Dope. Dope. So what do you kind of see um, on the now that you have this new space and you can be more flexible in types of things that you do, services that you offer, things like that? What do you kind of see like in your crystal ball for the future? Or what are like some goals that you have for the space, for the business? Like what are you looking to accomplish in the near future? Um, I want your personal jeweler not to just be synonymous with custom engagement rings and wedding bands, um, but also just custom jewelry, personalized jewelry that's special to you. Um, So what we are working on is enhancing the customer's experience so that when you walk in, the store doesn't feel like a typical jewelry store. Mm -hmm. It feels like you're walking in and talking to a friend and trying to figure out how to increase your jewelry wardrobe to be the best for you. Mm -hmm. So not only do you work with people who are local to the store um, or to Michigan, you get orders from all around the world, all around the country. So could you talk about like what it's like um, being able to fulfill those and and work with those people? Yeah, the process is really fun. It's very similar to the in-person experience, um, except we work via Zoom. So we'll do the initial consultation, figure out your design style, 
file and then I'll go back and do the CAD designs and once you guys approve it, I'll mail out the resin samples so that you're able to physically see what exactly your piece of jewelry is going to look like. And then you guys can virtually look at stones. A lot of people are apprehensive about picking out a stone virtually, but the way that I do it, um, the stones are magnified at 10x when you're looking at them for like inclusion. So nine times out of 10, they look better in person <laughs> than they will um, online. And so the process is really seamless and I have yet to have one person complain <laughs> about the uh, virtual experience. Yeah, and I, I did primarily mine virtual up until the point where I had to come in and see the uh I think it's the the CAD or the resin the resin the resin sample. And um it's really dope. Uh and just as far as being able to show the diamond and you can twist it and turn it and like the light hits it and you can make sure, you know, it's uh it's sparkling and it's not uh cloudy, uh so to speak. And just to make sure that everything is right is right as far as that goes. And um I did have another question because a a question that I asked you as as far as being able to determine uh, the difference between uh, what is it, lab-grown diamond and um, earth-mined diamond. So can you break that down? Because I had no idea like what that meant and, and what the significance of it was. Um, absolutely. And another thing that you said also made me realize a lot of times I speak in jeweler jargon. So excuse me, CAD is a computer-aided design, and it's going to give you a picture of what the ring will look like finished. And then the resin sample is a resin material um, sample of the ring without any stones in it or the piece of jewelry. Um, now I forgot your other question. Sorry. They're between lab grown and oh, lab and earth. Earth. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the easiest way that I explain it to people, because if I get technical, it'll get confusing again with like all the jeweler jargon, um, is think of it like ice. You can get ice out of your freezer or you can go outside on a cold day in Michigan and see an icicle hanging from your door. The ice in your freezer is man-made and then the ice outside is natural or earth mined or earth made. Um, physically, chemically, and optically, lab-grown diamonds and earth mined diamonds are the same. Even as a jeweler, if you were to put two of the stones next to me, I wouldn't be able to tell what it is. I have a $1,500 diamond tester <laughs> that differentiates it for me. Um, and it they're graded the exact same. So diamonds are graded cut, color, and clarity. So as long as you're comparing apples to apples and oranges to oranges, you'll be great. The only thing with lab-grown diamonds is that they're new, so we're still trying to see where the market will level out to. But the biggest thing that I tell people is that let's just say five, let's say 10 years from now that a lab-grown diamond has next to nothing of a resale value. The price that you would get for selling your earth mine diamond of the same quality, let's say, a one carat lab versus a one carat natural. The lab is fifteen hundred, and the natural is five thousand. Five ten years, you're not able to sell it. You're out of fifteen hundred dollars. That five thousand dollar one, you'll be lucky to get twenty five hundred dollars back. So you're out of twenty five hundred dollars, and you don't have anything. You lost twenty five hundred dollars, and the stone is gone. With that, you might not be able to sell it, but you still have the diamond. 
And I think that uh, that's a great breakdown because I think some of the misconceptions or things that I've seen out there when I was doing research is like uh, lab-grown diamonds are considered fake or not real because they don't come from the earth or anything like that when it's really just a different means of, I believe they simulate the same similar situations where you need pressure or whatever that goes into it as far as science in order to develop that. It's just happening in a controlled environment versus the earth that's happening over millions of years. And speaking of increasing your jewelry wardrobe, somebody like me who doesn't wear a ton of jewelry, I like accessories, but I don't even wear a lot of those, kind of stick to what I know. Do you have any tips on, like, what? how can you um, amplify your, your jewelry game or uh, accessories, anything like that? I would say building around staple pieces. So you don't need to layer a whole bunch of chains or earrings or bracelets every day to make a statement. Um, figuring out your personal style and then building a few pieces around that where they're everyday pieces that you're able to wear and feel good about. Easy, simple. (laughs) So I I was also curious as to, so there's a... um, I guess a lot of competition around like jury industry or curated jury, however you want to slice it up and want to know, like from your perspective, what makes your personal jeweler uh, different from, you know, any other competitor jeweler or anything like that. And I think you talked about a little bit about it earlier, but want to know your perspective. Um, yeah. So for the engagement rings, I know there's a lot of custom jewelers, but what I specialize in is custom rings and wedding bands that tell your unique story. So I know your fiance loves turquoise. You mm-hmm. A beautiful turquoise um, accent on the side. Little things that are going to make your pieces of jewelry unique to you. So as far as working with people in real time and people who may walk into the shop might not necessarily know what they would like, what is your process as far as being able to help them figure out what's going to be the, the right piece for you? Whether, you know, if, if they're, we talked a little bit about the custom piece, but if they're coming in and you already have pieces, how can you like kind of tailor it to their style and, and help them out? Um, I always have people experiment with things that they normally wouldn't wear to see how it makes them feel. My number one question when people try on jewelry isn't, do you like it? Does it look pretty? It's well, how does it make you feel? Because there's a lot of things that you might look at and see it as pretty, but when you put it on yourself, you're like, oh, okay, it's pretty, but it's just not 100% you. So as far as um, you do custom jewelry and then there's retail options out there as well, what would you say are some significant differences between the two? Um, I would say that a common misconception is that custom is going to cost more. Um, In rare cases, that is true. Um, Normally, when you go to like a pawn store and you want me to recreate something that you've seen there, um, because they're able to buy it so cheap, there's no labor really involved in the cost. And so I'm not able to match that price. Um, But when it comes to most custom pieces, the price that I'll be able to give you is often the same or less than what you're going to get at a retail store. And when you go to a retail store and you see a ring, they might be able to offer you like a slight discount on it, but that ring is already made where you can see something that you like and we'll be able to tweak a couple of the key features to get it within your price point. Um, You can go with lab grown over earth mine. You can go with moissanite over lab grown. You can go with 10 carat over 14 carat. There's a lot of different options um, because it's custom to get it within your budget, but still be a great piece. 
And then what about the um, pawn shop piece? So I, I know some people may um, decide to go that route for different pieces of jewelry. Does that have any p- impact on pricing? Like, is that usually cheaper than custom or traditional retail? Yes. So most pawn stores are going to be significantly cheaper than traditional retail because of where they are in the jewelry. So, But you also have to take into consideration that it's a used piece of jewelry. So it might have additional, um, you might have additional cost in repair and the upkeep of it. Um, when you buy a piece that is retail, you don't know how many hands it's exchanged. It could have come from a wholesaler who sold it to another wholesaler who it then wound up with the retailer. With me, I source all of my stones directly, so I'm able to get a good price and I pass that price on to you. Nice, nice. Earlier, as far as um, you being a third generation jeweler, how has the influence of uh, that aspect of your family been on you as you stepped out into business on your own? Um, and I know that when we kind of uh, talked and I was going through the remaking process, uh, you had mentioned that, you know, there's a, a mindset or ideology of a lot of older jewelers, not your family yeah. per se, but like just in general in the industry. And then there's also like newer things and technologies and ideologies that uh, help you in business now. So just want to know. Like what type of influence your background with your family and other like knowledge that you have the jewelry, 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 excuse me, industry. And how does that help you today? Um, I would say my grandfather gave me the most technical information um, and help. But because he is older as well, his mind state for a lot of things is set in the past. He doesn't understand the power of social media, which is how I built my brand. 100% organically through mainly Instagram and word of mouth. I dabbled in um, Facebook ads the beginning of last year and it was a complete waste of time. Um, And I realized that personal touch of my business being able to get out not just the jewelry but like who I am as a person and why I love what I do um, is really what helps to attract people to me and then um, staying on top of trends I will be launching permanent bracelets which is like the hottest thing in jewelry right now um, later this month and just making sure that I keep everything fresh keep everything new and try not to get too far away from myself by doing too much but also making sure that I am staying on top of trends and making sure that I am providing what the masses will like. Now, from my knowledge, what is a uh, forever bracelet? Forever permanent bracelets. There's, yeah, a hundred different names for them. Um, But it is basically just a bracelet that is welded to your arm. (laughs) The link is welded. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it stays on forever until you want to take it off. There's no clasp and it will stay on unless you want to take it off. Yeah, and the bracelet will stay on forever and it just makes a nice staple piece of your wardrobe or a great um, a great activity for you and a best friend to do or you and your a mommy and daughter type thing. It's a fun experience um, and it's one of those like hassle-free jewelries where it's like you can put it on and forget it. 
Interesting. Very interesting. So um, I would like to know, you talked about social media and like dabbling in Facebook ads and things like that. But for someone who has physical products, uh, do you have any knowledge that you can share that you've learned as far as marketing your business, marketing your products uh, through social media that people might be able to utilize if they're doing something similar or, or trying to figure out, you know, how can I better market my business? Um, for Instagram, I would say definitely use Reels. Reels has been a very powerful tool um, for me to garner interest in new people who don't know me yet because a lot of your regular posts they just go to the people who already follow you but your reels can reach a much wider audience dope dope reels are your best friends definitely nowadays um so make sure that you you tap in with those so uh wanted to know if you had any um advice for uh, potential entrepreneurs, people who are thinking about getting a business started in this new year or in the near future, but may be afraid to kind of step out on faith and, and do it. Just want to know what, what your thoughts are uh, that might be able to help them. Um, get started now, <laughs> right away. Um, take that step out on faith and you might fail a couple of times, but it only takes one time to not fail <laughs> to win. Um, there were a lot of hiccups in the process of these last five years that I've been a business owner that I could have quit. So don't quit either. Um, just keep persevering and surround yourself with like-minded people who understand what you're going through so that you have a support system when times aren't good, but also a support system to celebrate with you when times are great. Facts, facts. Got to party hard and work hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that, that made me think um, as far as so I know that you had a, a professional background before you started your personal jeweler. At what point did you what were you doing before? And then at what point were you able to say, you know what, I'm all in on this? I was working at another jewelry store. I was eight months pregnant. I was three months or three weeks away from going on maternity leave. And I had been undervalued at that company for a very long time. Um, but at the same time, you build relationships with people and you care about them. Um, and so you kind of get stuck in that rut. Um, and then the final straw was finding out that someone who had less qualifications than me was getting paid more money. So I quit that day, turned around, didn't look back, told my husband, I guess I'm gonna have to go all in on my business now because I don't wanna work for anybody else anymore. <laughs> Love it. Love it. And um, definitely as far as just some of the different stories I've heard um, doing the podcast and, and talking to other business owners, you know, uh, a lot of times it, it ends up being that um, or, or somewhere at that point where it's like, you know, my talents are being wasted here and I could be doing so much more for myself. And then you take that leap of faith and then you go do that other thing. And then, you know, you can't lose when you bet on yourself. And, um, you know, I think that everything that we talked about so far is definitely like the epitome uh, of that. So um, for people out there who would want to come to you and have as dope of an experience that I had and other people have had in working with you. What's all your contact information, website, social media, all that good stuff? On Instagram, TikTok, Facebook is at The Personal Jeweler. I know the business is your personal jeweler. It gets confusing. The website is also www.thepersonaljeweler.com. I tried to keep all of like my online the same name. Because your personal jeweler was taken and I was very upset. <laughs> I like reached out to the person that had it on Instagram. They hadn't posted in years. And then I reached out to Instagram and they just wouldn't give me the 
your personal jeweler uh, account name and I was very sad. Um, I am open on Saturdays and Sundays from noon to six and then Monday through Friday by appointment. If y'all watching, we got to go spam that your personal jeweler page and go report it so we can get it deleted and then Trish can have it. So any parting words for um, Black Friday's viewers, listeners? Um, thanks for having me. All things black business. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Dope. And I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, um, downtown Royal Oak is a great place to come because there are so many different black businesses that are opening in this area. So I'm going to shout some of them out. Right across the street is Lake Crepe. Best food ever, best salad. I had one yesterday. I think I'm gonna have another one today. Um, down the street is La Joya Bridal. Um, right next to him is Ladon. Ladon. There is a couple other ones that I can't think of the names of, but. I think I'm going to make a post on my Instagram and tag everybody. So if you guys follow me, you'll see all the different great black businesses that I am lucky to be neighbors with. That's dope because when I come to Royal Oak, I do not think of black owned businesses. So to to know that there's pretty much a lot of them on the same block, uh, that's dope. And it uh, means that I got more reasons to come back to Royal Oak. So appreciate you uh, shouting them out and appreciate y'all watching. This has been another episode of Black Fridays. I'm tapping in with y'all soon.